Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We have your usual Friday TV theme. We have comedy for you. David Sheehan's here with the sport. You won't want to miss Barry Quinn because he's talking about fire safety in the home at Orla Barn. I mentioned her yesterday. She has a brand new guide dog. All coming up on the show. If you want to get in touch with us, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us directly here to the studio. Now, let me begin today with a story that really shocked everybody when it broke back in April 2022. Tony Rogers, a well-known businessman in the Drogheda and Greater Drogheda area, headed to Turkey on the 4th of April for a, a dental procedure. Everything was fine, not a bother at all. He spoke to his family the following day, going in to have the procedure done. But within hours, chaos People were just panicking all over the place. The message came through from Turkey that there was a huge problem. And the problem was that Tony Rogers had suddenly passed away. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on late lunch in studio today by two of his daughters. Eleanor is with me and Gillian is here too. And Gillian, you're going to do the talking on behalf of the family. (laughs) Thank you both very much for joining me in the studio today. You're very welcome to the show. May I say to you, even, you know, almost two years on the anniversary, I'm so sorry for your loss. And you. you know what? I said there, the impact Tony's loss on yourselves as a family and the wider community. He was loved, wasn't he? Uh, he, he was a character. Yeah. He was a great character for the town. Mm. And built his business, Tony's Cabs, from nothing. From one bus, built it from one bus and it became one of the biggest taxi firms um, in County Loud. Mm. Um, very, very well known out there, very popular man. Now, let's go back to that time and I'm sure this has gone through your mind a million times, but he decided to go to Turkey to have what? Was it implants done? Yes, yes. It was more for, it was not cosmetic reasons. It was more surgery reasons. Yes. He needed to have it done. Yeah. And obviously there's a huge price differential between Turkey and having it done in this country. Oh, it's extreme. Massive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so expensive here. Mm. Yeah. So he was put in touch with a clinic, a dental clinic out there who does this procedure. Yes, yes. And off he went. He, he had no, you know the way some people have contacts here in Ireland linked to Turkey or abroad for this process? No, he just went directly to Turkey. He got a recommendation yeah. and he booked the whole thing through a WhatsApp. Okay. And that's how it went back and forth, text messages. How was he going out there? You know, what was the form like as he um, was heading off? He was nervous. Okay. He was a very nervous patient, mm. extremely nervous. He, If he had to go to the dentist here in Ireland, he would visit the dental clinic in Uri because they would offer uh, different various treatments like gas and air to 
kind of sedate you slightly. Yes. yes. So by him going to Turkey, he was promised he would get a general anaesthetic to put him asleep. Okay. So that was his number one reason for travelling. Yeah, that he wouldn't feel anything or experience anything. That's it. I, I tell you, I'd be a bit like that myself, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, you know indeed. what I mean? Because no one likes it. No, and it's, yeah. a, it's a big procedure as yeah. well. So off he goes, a little bit amp- apprehensive, flies out there. And do you remember talking to him on, on, on the Monday, was it? when He, um, he flew out. Yeah, oh. he was over for dinner on Sunday. A little bit nervous, good form. He went on the Monday. Yeah. Travelled on his own. Uh, he did text us that night to say he arrived safe and sound. He was having a coffee. Um, and he, yeah, he he arrived. He was in good form. Did he talk to you on the day in question before he went to the clinic? He did. He texted us that morning. OK. And yeah. I believe the tooth fairy was mentioned, oh, yes? The devil, yeah. Yeah. Mm. He said he was away to see the tooth fairy. OK. And that was the day he headed off for, for the procedure. You all were going about your... Your lives yeah. here at home. Weren't worried at that at all. We Nothing. were just, we were more worried of him travelling on his own in case he lost his passport, lost his luggage, you know. Mm. Um, but once we knew he arrived safe and sound, we had no fears. Yes. We had no fears, no worries whatsoever because it's a dentist. You don't fear. Yeah. Of course. What had happened. Of course. No. 99.9999% of people go through and come out and Absolutely. there's, there's yeah. not an issue really. And people have gone there in the past and yeah. no worries or whatever. Yes, we've heard of cases where there's been difficulties, of course. Um, <clears throat> can you remember then, as the day went on, the first contact you had from Turkey? What happened? So it was my sister, the local Drahadagardi, called up to her house to break the news um, that he had passed away. Obviously, we were, you know, the phone calls started. They started ringing other members of the family. I think it was maybe around two or three that day. So he had passed away a couple of hours previous to that. We we thought it was a joke. We thought it was a lie. Because we said, no, how could he be dead? He only went to the dentist. Yeah. Um, and then he had texted us early that morning to say he was going to see the tooth fairy. So... Complete denial. We didn't believe it for one second it was true. Complete denial. It must be the worst case scenario you can experience in your life. Yeah. And then the fact that he was thousands of miles away Mm. and we're stuck here in Ireland. We couldn't ring his phone. I tried ringing him on his WhatsApp thinking, no, this is a mistake. The guards got it wrong. Um. We just kept thinking, this is a joke. This isn't real. And then the crowd started calling. I remember being in my sister's kitchen and loads of people came and everybody was surrounding us. But we were thinking, I remember thinking, why are all these people here? This is wrong. This is lies. This is a mistake. And eventually we got contact with... The Irish, em- no, yeah, the Irish Embassy. Mm. And they were in contact with the Turkish Embassy and they confirmed it was true. There was still a little bit of doubt, though. We still didn't believe it. You don't want to believe, do no. you? No, definitely not. So you're here, as you say. He's lying over there in Turkey, gone. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens then? You go into panic mode. You... You're surrounded by all these people, but you feel so lost because you feel so helpless. You don't know what to do. So our immediate thing effect was to book flights. Um, myself and Eleanor have young kids. My passport was out of date, so we couldn't go. 
So my brother, Dave, and my nephew, Dylan, the eldest nephew, they travelled over the next day. And there was still a small bit of doubt inside us, thinking, you know, they're going to go over, Dad's going to be sitting there with his surgery all complete, thinking, what are you guys doing here? You know, this is not real. But I think deep down inside, we knew. And they confirmed that when they travelled over the next day. Yeah, Yeah, they they travelled the next day to... Now, still, we had no plans in place. We had no idea of how we're going to get him home. We didn't even consider funeral arrangements. We still were on that small, tiny little bit of hope Mm. that it wasn't true. But true it was. Unfortunately. He he had passed away. What happened? Do you know at this stage what happened? We do. Uh, we do. We He went over, because he was so fearful of the dentist, he went over because they promised he would get a general anaesthetic and he would be asleep through the entire procedure and when he woke up it would be over and he would feel no pain. Unfortunately, the anaesthetic that they gave him killed him. Instantly. My God. Yeah. Um, they did try resuscitate him take him to the nearest hospital but it was too late no hope there was no he went immediately it was as quick as that well I'd like to think it was quick and he didn't suffer yes Um, yes now there's a bit of a contradiction because on the Turkish side they carried out an autopsy they did they carried out their own investigation They came back to us to tell us um, only last year that he had a heart attack. He suffered cardiac arrest. Um, Thankfully, we got advice from the funeral director here in Drogheda, Tenleys, which were amazing at the time. And they encouraged us to do our own investigation. So we went ahead and we done that when dad came home from Turkey. He went to the Dublin city morgue and they done a state autopsy on him which is a full autopsy and that confirmed that it was actually the anaesthetic that killed him. So there's a contradiction on the Turkey side they say They're saying it was his heart when it clearly wasn't. And on this side? And on this side it's the truth. How do you feel about that? You know like it's a complete contradiction. Um, I suppose we have a sense of relief that we got the truth and we followed through with the advice on getting a second autopsy. But there's also anger because to us, it feels like they're covering up in Turkey and they're they're trying to cover their mistakes. They're trying to lie about what they've done, thinking that we didn't go further. And, you know, I often wonder if we didn't go further with our investigation, that would be a case closed and we'd have to believe what they told us. What can you do at this stage? Or what, what do you intend? Do you intend well, doing anything? Yes, absolutely. We are not going to let this go. We're very determined people. Um, we are trying to get a case of malpractice brought against the clinic. But it's very difficult because you're dealing with a different country. Hmm. The language barrier is hmm. extreme, extremely difficult. Um, we're trying, but... I obviously I can't say too much about the case but we're, we are trying we're doing our best and they're outside the EU as well if it was an EU country it would be know, a lot easier it would come in under yeah, the umbrella of that but it's, it, it's not yeah 
But you're, you, you ain't letting this rest, you're telling me. Definitely not. No, definitely not. We are going to fight this to the end. We're going to get justice for what was done to him. He was taken in an instant. You know, your, your, your dad is with you one moment and within the shortest space of time, he's gone. Just gone, yeah. Are you still struggling to cope with this even almost two years on? Absolutely. Like, it's, it, it, there's times you think it's not real. There's times you think, my God, is this actually happening to us? It, it's just one thing after another. We have a solicitor in Turkey. We have a solicitor, a Turkish solicitor here in Ireland. She's fantastic at helping us. Um, we're constantly back and forth, emails, paperwork. It's, it's nonstop. I think that's the adrenaline that keeps us going. And that gives us the fight inside, inside us to, to do this. I get the impression you won't be content or you won't have closure until... Until we get justice. Get justice and yeah. the truth on this. And the people who done this to him, you know, get brought, get the blame. Get, that would get ultimately bring closure to your family. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Not until then. Not until then. And it, it's going to take time. You know, it's a, we have a long road ahead of us, but we're, we're almost two years into this now. He'll be gone two years this April. And... Um, we're still going to continue the fight. Let's talk about the man. Let's talk about Tony Rogers. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> Where do we start? I know this. I know this. And let's smile for mm. a moment. And, 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 yes. and, you know, in a sense, remember him for the man he was. Your yep. dad, the man who built the business from one vehicle up to what it oh, is geez, today. I couldn't count how many there is now. Yeah. But paint a bit. What was he like? What oh, he was, like? he was fantastic. He loved his job. His taxis, we, we had a joke with him. He was a big Beatles fan and we had a joke that he worked eight days a week, you know, like the song. And um, his taxis was his life. Mm. He put everything into it. Mm. His customers became his best friends. They were like family to him. Um, he he didn't see work as, you know, a chore. He seen, he seen it as a social thing, going out every day, chatting with people, meeting with them. He really enjoyed his job. He was held in such regard. I can remember it well at the time. The outpouring of love for him. Oh, it was Of huge. sadness at his loss. That's, that's what really showed me yeah. as an outsider looking in. Yeah, it was huge. Who or what he was. It had such an impact on the town at the time. And we didn't realise how loved and he was until we had his, his wake. And yes. The sheer volume of people that called to my sister's house with stories to tell. And they were lovely stories, stories of things that he'd done for them, kindness, you know, like dropping people home. If they didn't have money, he would make sure they got home safe. It wasn't about the money. It was taking care of people. And, you know, all the stories that people came up and shared with us, it was amazing to hear all that. Things that he never he never spoke about. Mm. He never bragged about the things he'd done for people. We were shocked. It was so lovely to hear them. In a business sense, you're left then, you know, like he was the main man. Oh, he, yeah. And then besides grieving him and his loss to you on a personal level, what about the business? Well, dad was quite old fashioned. He wouldn't hear tell of a filing cabinet. There was no instructions for the business. Everything to run that business, he took to the grave. He had no paperwork. Everything was in his head. So my sister was amazing. She jumped in and she just took the reins and, and just done it. 
Eleanor, who's with Eleanor. us here today. Yeah, she was amazing. She she picked up that phone, went through emails. She done everything to try and figure out how he ran it, what he done. It was difficult because we're doing it in the middle of grief, in shock, mm. still in denial. But, you know, we're nearly two years on and she's still doing a fantastic job at it. Now, the whole issue, and I want to come back to this now, and I want to take a wee break on the show. Will you stay with me? Because this is very important. Yep. Because when somebody dies abroad, yes, the body has to be repatriated. And I want to talk about, and I know you do too. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, very important aspect of this. Tony Rogers went to Turkey for a dental procedure and he never came home. His daughters, Gillian and Eleanor, are with me on the show today. Listen to this, uh, ladies. Tony, Jerry, I can assure you, was an absolute gentleman. And he would be so proud of his two amazing daughters. Isn't that lovely? And there's more messages there from him as well. I, I ain't one bit surprised. Now, your dad's body is in Turkey. Your brother and his friend go over there. Cousin, go over there. Getting Tony back home, the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust were My unbelievable, God. weren't they? Where do I start? Um, I can only describe Colin and his wife as earth angels. The work that they put in after the tragic loss of losing their son is unbelievable. And I'm sure every day they get that phone call is a reminder of what they went through and it brings it all back to, to surface. It wasn't until two days after dad had passed a family member, we, had still, we were still in limbo mm. and we didn't know how to get him home. And a family member suggested we ring the Kevin Bell Trust, but we had never heard of them. Fortunately, we never had to make that call. So looked them up on Google, got their phone number and I made the call and I spoke with Colin. It threw a lot of tears. I don't know how he even understood me. I told him who I was and I needed his help. And he said, no problem, what can I do for you? I said, my dad had passed away. He said, what's his name? I said, Tony Rogers. And where did he die? I said, Istanbul, Istanbul in Turkey. And he said, do you have the name of the hospital he's in? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, leave it with me. And that was it. That was it. The, the, the burden, the stress was lifted from that one phone call. And I remember crying and saying to him, what do I do now? Like, like, what do I have to do? What, what do we pay? How do we fix this? And he said, no, no, no. He said, I pay, I pay this for you. And I couldn't believe this. I, a stranger that I had never met him. And I still haven't met this man. I've spoke to him on the phone, but I've never met him. And I said, why are you helping me? He said, because I can. And because you asked for my help. And that was it. That was it. That was that one phone call. The Irish Embassy had told me because it was Turkey, we were looking at a, at least a month before we got dad home. With it being outside of the EU, a different jurisdiction, things are done quite differently over there. So we didn't make plans for a funeral. We didn't make plans for him coming home. We made no plans because we said, OK, we're not going to see dad till probably May. And the next day, on, I think it was possibly Friday. Yeah, it was Friday morning. My phone rang and it was Colin Bell. And he said, Gillian, your dad will be landing in Dublin airport on Saturday morning. And I remember at the time thinking, stupidly, like, Saturday as in, in May? And he said, no, tomorrow. And I couldn't figure out in my head, 
how did he fix this? Like the embassy had told me a month and he had him home within four days. Just like that. We were in shock. Um, then the reality hit that, oh my God, we have to plan a funeral now on top of everything else that we're after doing. Um, the work that 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 family puts into that charity to help and even if it, if the money was there we don't know who to ring mm. you don't just book a flight mm. ticket it does so much paperwork it's when you think he just took over he took that he just stress took over and from that burden it, away yeah. from me and I know the tears are flowing now when you think about that it's but it's unbelievable yeah. how kind he was yes Yes. And how good he was to us. And like one phone call, that's all it took. What an endorsement. And I just want to remind listeners that on the 8th of May in Grenin's Bar in Drogheda, you are having a very special memorial to your dad and all funds raised that night will go to Back the Colin And that will help another family then. Well, this is in what's, turn. yeah. Can I ask you this just before I finish? You know, to go to Turkey would save you a lot of money. Yes. But in the long run, it costs so much, didn't it? It costs, yeah. You have to think, cost over quality, what are you going to choose? Mm. If things are very cheap, there's a reason for it. Um, these flashy photographs they're advertising online, on their social media page, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. There's a reason it's cheaper. Now, there is some good positive stories of people with surgery that come out of Turkey. I'm not here to disrespect Turkey today, but there is also a lot of bad stories as well. Unfortunately, we have the bad story. It's shocking that it took Tony Rogers' life to say those words you've just said now and to caution people. Yeah. You know. You really need to do your research. Mm. Um, you really need to look into it and you can't base your choice of clinic surgeon on social media photographs. The regulations are different. The rules are different over there for medicine. It's completely different to here in Ireland. You are, some people have had successful stories, like I've said, and they are the lucky ones. Um, it just wasn't the case with that. If you could turn back the clock, I'm sure if he could, if he were here today, oh. it'd be an entirely different story, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But look, your brother, yourselves, you've the business, you have your own families now as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's left you an awful lot, you know, and... He was too young still. He had a lot more to yeah. give, hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he had. He wasn't ready to no. hang up the taxi mm. keys just yet. Yeah. And I know it's not a consolation when you say those things, but if you try to look at it in the greater picture, God, he's still, he's still part of all of you and always will be. And Oh, he'll always know. be yeah. here. And yeah. Yeah. He'll always be remembered. And mm. seeing as taxis drive across the town, it's a constant reminder. He'll never always. be forgotten. Always. Yeah. Always, always, always. Look, I, I thank you for joining us today. I thank uh, Eleanor for sitting in on, on the interview as well. And I know it's very tough and um, Gillian has 
spoken for your dad and the family today. Thank you indeed for that. Your story is, I'm sure, going to resonate with so, so many people out there. We remember Tony Rogers today and I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. We're going to play a special song from On The Show just in a wee while, if that's OK. Fantastic. You told us he was a Beatles fan. <clears throat> yes. Little hint there. We'll yeah. do that for you and remember him uh, by that. But look for today, Gillian and Eleanor Rogers. Thank you both for dropping into studio uh, to me. And I wish you all the very best for that big night on the 8th of May in Grenins Bar in Drogheda. Thank and again, you, the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. What people. Incredible. Incredible. Thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, I always have a nice wee prize to give away to one of you in Late Lunch Land each Friday afternoon. All you have to do is identify a TV theme from yesterday or even this year. Can't do them into the future. 086-1800-658. Are you ready with that number? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Listen carefully. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, Oh, I smile every time I hear it. I really do smile. Famous TV show. That's the theme. Do you know it? I have a nice prize to give away to one of you this afternoon. Get cracking there, folks. Um, Many messages coming in about Tony Rogers. Gillian and Eleanor, his daughters, joining me uh, there before too. Um, Tony Jerry was a pure gentleman, says a listener. Another one there coming in. Oh, there's many of them. I'll just read a, a couple of them here. Hi, Jerry. Both my wife and I have nothing but good memories about the gentleman that was Tony Rogers. We cannot count the amount of times he left, left us home and did not charge us. Uh, and uh, I couldn't tell you how generous he was. Even the crack we had with him in the car was wonderful. He would be so proud of his children and his family. Isn't that lovely? And there's more there as well about uh, the late Tony Rogers. And I again say thank you to Gillian and Eleanor for joining me on the show. And we have a special song for him coming up a little bit later on Late Lunch. My next guest, well, we heard about our story yesterday. I mentioned it on the show and she's on the line now to talk to me because you see Orla Byrne has a new dog. Afternoon Orla, how are you? Afternoon Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show. Can I clarify this first? Is is it a guide dog or an assistance dog Orla, I call it? It's a guide dog Jerry. A guide dog okay and is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. A girl. What age Orla? She's uh, about 21 months. She won't be two till the end of May. Lovely. And uh, when did you get her? I went down to Cork to train with her on the 29th of January. Yeah. Yeah, so I only have her just about a month or so. Okay. And she's, is she a Labrador? She's a Labrador Retriever Cross. Lovely. Black. Lovely, lovely. And black as well. Oh, lovely indeed. Um, you've been, have you been waiting a while for this one? I've been waiting almost 12 months for this one. Right. 
Okay. My, my previous dog, a male uh, Labrador, black Labrador, retired just a year ago. Right. Uh, this week, in fact. Yeah, and you know, we see the advertising campaign going on. They're looking for people to take them as puppies, you know what I mean, and assimilate them to different things, and then they go into training. So volunteers are being sought at the moment, and uh, perhaps that's why there's a delay, a shortage of dogs. What at all are the demand? It could be the demand on the dogs as well. Mm. And I- maybe not every dog makes it as a guide dog. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for different reasons, of course, of course, there's there's always um, ones that won't make it through, but the ones that do are are, are simply special. You mentioned the previous fella. How many dogs have you had at this stage? This one, Tia, now is my fourth dog. Right. And what's their working lifespan? You, You mentioned the last lad was retired. How many years do you have them for up to what age? Uh, When Con retired, he was ten and a half. Yeah. I'd had him just about nine, just almost nine years. God almighty, that's a huge change when you have a fella that's so used to you, is it? Yeah. Is it difficult it is. adjusting, Orla? You know, when, when you do, you've had four different dogs. Is it a difficult adjustment from one to the other? It is. Every dog, obviously, is different. It is an adjustment then to get used to the new one, mm. their personality and that. Yeah. Their little ways. And have you a name on the new dog? Have you given her a name? Um, yeah, her name is Tia. Tia. She was named before I got her, like she was named when she was a puppy. I see. One of the tea litter. And are you living in Drogheda, Dundalk? Drogheda. Okay. So when you go out and about with a new dog, you have her since the 29th, you did the training, it obviously takes time for the dog as well to assimilate themselves with their surroundings. Yeah. It does. Like, I'm only home about two weeks with Tia now, so uh, she hasn't, doesn't know where she's going now. She's only getting used to the different routes. Of course. Places in the town from my home to my workplace, the other side of town and Mm. the local shops and just like kind of a a walk around the block, about half an hour, 40 minutes walk. Mm. What does a guide dog mean to you, Orla? What, 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 you know, you're 12 months without a guide dog. Are, are you sort of a bit lost without the dog in that period of time? Yes. In what yes. way? In what sense are you lo- where, where do you, where do you struggle when you haven't got the dog? You struggle, like, it's not as easy just to get out and about independently without having to have somebody to guide you. Mm. Or then you're going out with a cane, a white stick and it can be getting stuck and uneven pavements and you could have bruises on your ribs and your wrist can be sore. Mm. And it's much easier going around with the dog than when I get used to her on that than with the cane. What's it like getting about? You mentioned pavements there, the traffic lights, road works. If you're on the main street of the town, sometimes there's street furniture put out prem- outside premises and that. Is, is it really difficult? It is really difficult, Jerry. Yeah, it's difficult with the street furniture now on the main street and that outside mm. some of the cafes and then those sandwich board things outside places as well. What's public transport like? How do you fare with it? Public transport. Buses. Yeah, well, I'd yeah, usually, I'd, I'd get assistance getting on and off the train if I was getting the train to Dublin. And yeah. The, in general, the bus drivers and that are very helpful. Are they? Good, good. Getting onto the buses. 
And what about the dog? What about the reaction of people to the dog itself? How, How do you find that? With most people, it's a good reaction. It's positive, yeah. Mm. yeah. So you're on dog number four at this stage. My God. And were they, you mentioned the last one was a boy. This is a girl. What were the pre, the first and second dogs? Were they boys or girls? My first two were girls as well. All right. Okay. So the boy. What was the difference? Was there much of a difference between the boy and, and the girls? Yeah, the boy was a lot stronger. Mm. Bigger, obviously, as well. A bit bigger, too. But he was stronger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, then the female. She's the females are a lot more, a lot timid, a lot more gentle and quiet, and that than the male ones can be. Yes, and they can be very strong. The, the male ones can pull you. Mm. Of course, yeah, it's cheaper. They, I, I know that myself. Even with the fella I have, even though he's getting on a bit in years, and they were all, they were all sort of a Labrador Retriever that breed. Were they the four of them in that uh, space? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So, you're on your way with the new dog. And, you know, lots of people uh, know you well. Uh, I've just read some of the... Breeder Aidan, John, Jimmy and Mary Rose have been on to wish you well with the new dog. Uh, as has uh, cousins, your cousins, Esther and Rita in Dundalk. They've been on to us as well to say, good luck with the new one there. So, there's lots of good wishes for you and Tia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're pleased with that. Oh, I am very pleased with that, Cherry. I'm pleased with the dog as well. That'll get you out of bed. The dog as well. Yeah, and give you your more independence as well again. Orla, listen, we just wanted to say hello to you. Find out about your experience with them. And again, to say to people, check out that campaign, the Irish Guide Dogs. They're looking for people uh, to take puppies when they're young and they'll take you through all that aspect of their life. I know it's hard giving them up when you have them a wee while, but look at the job they do. It is. It's very hard. Mm. It's heartbreaking having to give them up after yeah. the nine years or that. Yeah, it is. Even for you, yourself, like yeah, we saying goodbye I've to had them for so long. Yeah, but mm. you become attached to them. I'm where did the new one now? We're yeah, doing well when you retired that last dog, just one last question: where Where did that dog go? Where did he go? Did somebody uh, adopt him at that stage when your the working life is finished with you? Yeah. That's what happened. He was adopted like by um, um, a man living in Glasnevin in Dublin. Right. Lovely, lovely. So they go to a nice home and they made sure that they're looked after there as well. So life goes on for, yeah. for the last one too. Orla, best wishes with your new dog. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Jerry. Not at all. I've some fun I've memories of Tony Rogers, Lord rest him too. Have you? Have you? Yeah. Yeah, um, he often looked after you to, to get, get you Lord, home. I used to get Tony... From time to time, I'll write fairly regularly to get me home with me shopping, or if, if the weather was a bit inclement, if it was lashing rain or whatever. Yeah. I used cu- to get Tony in his bus yeah. to bring me home, and that, yeah, and a chat in the bus. Kind, thoughtful car. man, yeah, really, yeah. yeah. And well, that's what we're then, hearing and feeling today for sure, Orla. I think that the last time I'd spoken to him, he brought me from here, from Drogheda to. The veterinary hospital in Summer Hill. Right. Because my guide dog at the time had eaten something he shouldn't have and he needed to have surgery to get this thing out. Right. Tony brought me over there with him and then a few days later when my dog was coming home, Tony brought me over there then to bring the dog home again. Ah. 
Isn't that lovely? I'm sure his daughters will be delighted, Gillian and Eleanor, listening to you tell that story. It just shows you. Isn't that a coincidence that we're talking to you today when we spoke about uh, Tony to his girls as well? Well, Orla, thank you for le- for uh, remembering Tony as well as on the show today. And thank you for joining me. And good luck with Tia again. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Orla Byrne there with her fourth guide dog. And it is a lifeline for a woman like Orla. You hear that there yourself. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show. Your Friday fix of comedy is on the way shortly. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Oh, she's sensational, our featured comedy artist today. She was on with Graham Norton on his wonderful show last Friday. I never miss Graham Norton. I absolutely love him. Anyway, she flew in from the States to be on The Beeb and she just put me in mind of herself. Here she is, the simply brilliant Wanda Sykes. And she's having a poke at her getting a little older. Yes, she's ageing, folks, she is. If I go four days without tweezing... I could have a nice situation going on right here. The other day, I pulled the hair out of my neck that was so long, I thought my neck was growing bangs. I was like, what the f*** is this? Oh, how long has this been here? I can see it out the corner of my eye. Oh. My metabolism just shut down. Oh, my God. I got a nice gut going on. Oh, yeah, Esther is out of control. Yes, I call her Esther. When I was in my 40s, I got this little fat roll. I just named it. I was Esther. And now Esther is spreading. Esther is roaming around my body now. Esther's all creeping around my back like, "Mm, what's back here? Let's see what's back here. Hey! And she wants to eat everything, you know. And you know, when you get older, your, your digestive system changes. Like, I can't, I can't eat a bunch of junk, like greasy food and shit like that. That tear me up. And Esther's, we sitting there watching TV commercials come on, and Esther's like, mmm. Let's live a little. Let's, let's go get some of them Taco Bell nacho fries. I was like, ain't no way in the world I could eat some nacho fries. If I got some Taco Bell nacho fries, I would have to eat them in the parking lot of the urgent care. I caught my wife eyeballing Esther the other day. That didn't feel good at all. <laughs> Get ready for bed, you know, brushing our teeth, you know, I'm brushing my teeth. And I got an electric toothbrush and the jingling from brushing my teeth just kind of resonated on down. So Esther was just... And I saw my wife look over like... I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But it's okay, Esther can't stand her either. Esther was like, what the f*** you looking at, Frenchie? Don't worry, one day you're going to get a little Estelle. Bonjour, Estelle. 
It's the worst. Whiskers, weight gain, hot flashes. Man, I know one day TMZ, they gonna catch me standing in the frozen food section with no pants on and a full beard. But I won't give a fuck. <laughs> Miss Wanda Sykes and ageing Louise. She's always on the money, Wanda, isn't she? Mm, I wouldn't know yet. Maybe you'd know better. Well, well, Louise was telling me, uh, speaking from knowing and just advising you what's coming down the road for you, young one. Louise is telling me that long jumpers are back in. Long cardigans. Long cardigans. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Maggie and Karen are wearing them, so they must be. And flares. Well, flares were all right. Already in. So you'll be coming in next week in a long cardigan and flares. No, that wouldn't go together. Would they not? No, I wouldn't say so. Wouldn't think so. <coughs> I did an impression for her here in the studio of what she'd be like <laughs> in a few years in the flares and the, yeah. and you the see, long sleeve cardigan. I did say cardigan. that. No, no, I did say that. In 20 years, you see, I have my long, <laughs> long, long cardigan from 20 years ago that I'm going to take out. And in 20 years again, it'll be back in fashion again when I'm older. Yeah, and when you're pushing, but I can't wear I, can't, I wouldn't get away with wearing flares in another 20 years I wouldn't bet against you to be honest with you and I could just see you on the Zimmer frame with the flares and the long cardigan and it trailing the ground I wonder in 20 years time I'd say you'd be able to get Spotify on the Zimmer frame oh for sure so you'd be bopping about with the Zimmer frame. On the Zimmer frame, it'll, you'll be, it'll take you up and it'll beam me up, Mr. Spock. <laughs> you'll be able to go anywhere. Sure, anything is possible at that stage. What about the popular baby names? You've just heard, it's just out, the most popular baby names in Ireland last year for boys and girls are? Jack and Grace. Okay. Yeah. Number one. Jack number one for boys and Grace for Girls. Yeah, and um, let me see. I think um, Fia was last year, so that's been knocked off um, the top. Right. Five, and I'll just get it up now. Right, if you Grace. get me one for seventh year in a row, Jack. Number one. N- number one for seven years, yeah. So Jack, followed by Noah, James, Rian, and Ushin. Okay. Okay. Girls. Girls, um, Fia, which was last year's number one. It's two. Yeah. Emily. Yeah. Sophie and Louise. I don't believe it. Yeah, I know. You're in the top five. No, it's Lily, but I should be at the top five. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm thinking as well with you and your flares and your long sleeve cardigans or whatever? I need to be locked up, yeah. No, 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 no. No, you were telling me this morning that's a fact. You've been saying it for years. Women are colder than men. So in your your flares and your big jumpers and long sleeves and everything, that's understandable if you're feeling a little colder. Yes, it's a new study. It's because men's skin is... 25% 25% thicker. <laughs> oh, thick all Especially right. around the neck. <laughs> no, but me. seriously. Excuse me. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about there? No way, baby. <laughs> no, seriously. It, it's true. Mm. And that's why women and men fight over how, you know, if you come in and go, the room is freezing and the man is walking around in a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's me, of course. And Louise is in a lagging jacket. But sure, look, that's the way it works. We're different and we have different metabolisms and everything. That's mm-hmm. the way the cookie crumbles. Hey, what about RTE? Will the whole board resign this afternoon? They could. <laughs> could they? They could. The whole board could be gone this afternoon. You never know. They're meeting anyway in an emergency session. And um, the other crowd were before the doll yesterday. The other big news story. The, 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 oh, the FAI. The, the RTE and uh, the FAI. They're just the organisations that keep giving. Mm. Did you see Paul mm. Cook, the president? You didn't see this in the news yesterday of the FAI when he was asked at the PAC, PAC had he confidence in his CEO, Jonathan Hill. Did you hear what he said? 
No. I have confidence in the board of the FAI. Ooh. And he was asked it three times and he kept saying the same thing. I have confidence. <gasps> that he didn't back his CEO. Yeah. I'd say Hill's days are numbered as well. You know, looking at that yesterday. But there you go. Entertainment, the PAC is the place to be. Couldn't write it. You couldn't. You couldn't make it up. Anyway, we didn't make it up, but Lewis Capaldi did. What a great song. Forget Me, coming up now on Your Late Lunch. Stay with us. We're going to talk about fire safety in the home for the next while in the context of a new initiative uh, being rolled out by Mead County Council called Home Fire Safety Check. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show the Senior Assistant Chief Fire Officer with Mead County Council's Fire and Rescue Service, Barry Quinn. Barry, thanks for joining me. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you very much for having us. Not at all. You're very welcome. I want to talk, first of all, I'll get on to uh, what you're doing in me in the moment, but just in a general sense, um, you know, things that we should have in the home to prevent. Smoke alarms and testing. Every home should have at least a couple, shouldn't they, Barry? And how, sh- how often should you check the batteries are that that working? Every home should have a minimum, Jerry, of two working smoke alarms. And we would advise that those two working smoke alarms be tested every week. Now, there's a lifespan on smoke alarms of 10 years, and once the lifespan expires on the smoke alarm after 10 years, we would recommend that the smoke alarm would be changed in its entirety. And believe it or not, Mead County Council actually have a community smoke alarm scheme where if your smoke alarm is coming to do its end of life, we will give you a number of smoke alarms to replace that smoke alarm. And last year in 2022, we actually distributed over 1,000 smoke alarms to the residents of County Mead. Very good. That's it. That is really heartening to hear. In the kitchen, should every kitchen or in the vicinity have an extinguisher and a fire blanket, Barry? We would advise that there should be a fire blanket or an extinguisher in the kitchen. But we always recommend that detection is what we would look for. So a heat alarm should be installed within your kitchen. And if that heat alarm does go off, we would advise all residents to have a fire safety plan, escape from the house, stay outside and call the fire service who will then come and deal with the fire. Do you see that escape plan? That's something I want to come to because actually I was just thinking of my own house, Barry. And uh, most houses, if it's a two-storey, have one stairway up to the upper floor, right? And I was just thinking about my house today. If anything happened, God forbid, I don't know whether I'd get out the windows upstairs the way they open, Barry, at the moment. What we would advise is we would ask everybody, and this will take us on to the home fire safety checks, that everybody should have a nighttime routine before they go to bed. And part of that nighttime routine should be that all doors downstairs are closed. And why we would suggest that all doors are closed downstairs, that if a fire alarm does go off with the doors been closed, it will prevent smoke coming up the stairs into the landing that will give you time to actually go down and escape through the stairs and out the front door. Now, that is a very important point because I live with a woman that would leave every door open, even the front and back door, if I didn't shut them behind her. And she's going to listen to this podcast tonight. I'm telling you this for sure. And I'm going around closing doors in her wake all the time. That's a very important point you make there. And people probably ignore that. It would, but again, we would re-emphasize the importance of the nighttime routine. And no matter who you are, 
that a this nighttime routine should be put in place and particularly if you have visitors or relatives that are staying over we would ask that you would go through the nighttime routine with them and even ask them to close the doors before they may go upstairs to ensure that that if an alarm does go off you have that time period yeah. to get out the front very very important now ones that you guys are very familiar with this thing of leaving uh, mobile phones plugged in and charging overnight your 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 curtain disaster there aren't you we would recommend that once your mobile phone or your tablet or whatever device that you're charging once it reaches its 100 percent capacity of the battery charge that you would plug it out and Bar- take- go on go, go ahead go ahead no go ahead you go ahead Unfortunately, it can't take any more charge. And what happens is there is safety devices built into phones, built into tablets that stops the power charging the battery when it reaches 100%. But these safety devices, on the very rare occasion, can actually be faulty, which can enable the phones or the tablets to heat up, which could potentially cause the chance of a fire occurring. So that's why we would recommend the phone chargers any tablet, any chargeable rechargeable device is not left on overnight. I leave my telly's plugged in. Now, the switch is off at the television. Uh, is it? Well, I'm trying to think about that. Maybe for the sky, you know, to keep the sky recording overnight, there'd be a plug left on with the, just a standby light on it. Are you guys in favour of unplugging everything? Our recommendation would be if your electrical device has a standby mode, that we would ask that the standby mode would be turned off. One, there's two reasons. One, it can actually reduce your electricity bill, which in this mm. day and age is certainly a help. And secondly, you're ensuring that there's no power going into that device. Now, we certainly don't recommend switching off your fridge or your freezer or yes. anything like that. But particularly electrical devices that have a standby mode, when they're not in use, we would ask that they are turned off. Another example of electrical devices that would have standby modes would be game consoles, Playstations, Xboxes, things like that there. And we would advise that they would be turned off. And a lot of televisions have standby modes as well. And yeah. we would ask that they would be turned off with the switch at the side of the telly. Okay, the so, the telly. So, so most everything, and people often leave laptops plugged in at fixed stations and that as well. Everything to be plugged out, you're saying. Electric blankets. Some people, you know, you'll hear people falling asleep with an electric blanket on. That ain't good. Well, again, what we would recommend with the electric blanket is, and sometimes this may not be easy, before you actually get into the bed, switch off the electric blanket. Mm. This would ensure that you won't get into the bed fall asleep and leave the electric blanket on. So the advice that we give is, before you actually get into the bed, turn off your electric blanket. Or the other advice could be, take a hot water bottle to bed with you. Mm. (laughs) The old-fashioned way of keeping the toast uh, uh, toasty during the night. What about air fryers? I've been reading a few bits and pieces about them. They're great. Look, so many people, they're the in thing now. Everyone's cooking with them. Are you hearing nothing about air fryers? Yeah, I have one in my home myself, actually, with air fryers. Now, the advice that we would give with air fryers is that after you use your air fryer, the grease from the food that's cooking in it, it tends to gather at the bottom of the air fryer. And what can happen is over a period of time, there can be a buildup of grease materials from the food that you're cooking. So we would always advise and always recommend to people that after you're finished using your air fryer, fully clean out the bottom of the air fryer prior to its next use. So let's get on to this Home Fire Safety Check Initiative in County Mead. What, what, what's this all about? Yeah, it's, it's a new initiative that the fire service in County Mead is running. 
everybody is fully aware that the fire service comes to your house when there is a fire. Now, we are going to turn that on its head. And within the seven station grounds within County Mead, we have a new scheme that's going to be launched in March where members of the fire service within your particular station ground will come and visit your house. They'll sit down with the resident, the homeowner, and go through an online uh, risk assessment of their home that it's comprises of over 70 questions. And there's questions in relation to the sitting room, the kitchen, the bedroom, the hall. And once you finish that online questionnaire with the firefighters, your home will be given a risk rating in terms of its potential of being a fire hazard. And if your home has a, a medium risk rating or a high risk rating, the firefighters that have sat through this questionnaire with you will give you advice, will give you a fire safety pack and how to reduce the potential risks that are within your home. I really like this. And the other aspect of this, just um, for those who are uh, struggling with hearing impairments, uh, you fellas will install install fire alarms designed for people who are hard of hearing, yeah? Absolutely. I say a part of the home fire safety checklist, if smoke alarms are need to be required, we will install those smoke alarms. But if you are hard of hearing or have a hearing impairment, we have specialised a hard smoke alarms or fire alarms for the hard of hearing that comprise of a strobe light and a vibration device that you carry with you that if your smoke alarm does go off the strobe light will light up and the vibration device will vibrate in your pocket giving you an indication that one of your smoke alarms has gone off and we install your normal standard smoke alarms and the hard of hearing smoke alarms free of charge to any resident within County Mead. Well, that's absolutely excellent. Now, how do people avail of this scheme or what will happen when you launch it? Well, it's going to be launched to our social media platforms in March. But if you, I can give you a phone number here, 046-90-51068. If you ring in to that number there, Joan or Olivia or Francie who work here in the fire office will take your details. The details will be passed along and we will coordinate with you or your home fire safety checklist, or the distribution of smoke alarms, whichever service you require or need. It's fantastic. Now, recruitment, you, you, you're you looking for new blood. We are looking. Are you interested, Jerry, in the job? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll pass on that one, go on. But there's lots listening today, I'm sure, that would be. Go ahead. Absolutely, yeah. Again, we are launching a new recruitment campaign. It's We've already advertised, and to help uh, canvas the people of County Mead, we've launched a new promotional video that's going live this, this evening on all our social media platforms. So we would encourage anybody irrespective of whether you think the job is for you or not, is to log on to www.me.ie forward slash jobs. Look at the information booklet in relation to the job. See, do you meet any of the criteria that's within that information booklet? And more importantly, there's information there of all the stations that are hosting information nights drum up recruitment for people within the area and we would encourage everybody to take note of the information night within your local area within your fire station go along meet the firefighters and you'd never know it could be your career 
that would suit you. You may never know unless you try. Absolutely. Terrific, uh, Barry, I have to say. Love all you're doing in County Mead. And thanks for that wonderful advice today. We do appreciate it. Talk to you again soon. Thank you, Jerry, for your support. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks a million. That's Senior Assistant Chief Fire Officer with Mead County Council's Fire and Rescue Service, Barry Quinn. Some very important tips there. Now, close them doors. Close all them doors downstairs. Shut them tight at night. Shut the doors to your bedrooms. It's very important. Like, I really mean that. It is so important to do. That number for me, again, if you're interested in availing of the new scheme launching in March, the Home Fire Safety Check, I think this is simply brilliant. Every council and fire service, I hope they're all, uh, you know, offering this. They should be. It'll save lives. The number for me, 046-90-51068. That's 46 if you want to register for a home fire safety check. We'll leave that number here at reception as well if you want to ring in, uh, if you haven't just caught it there now. Late lunch, LMFM radio. After the break, I think we'll reprise the TV theme. Stay with us. I'm amazed at the range of answers, Louise, we got today. For example, it's not Wimbledon. It's not the world of sport. It's not blockbusters. Many of you thought it was match of the day. And the lads at the mattress depot in Dundalk, well, they haven't a clue. Match of the day. (laughs) Match of the day and Grand Slam. Sorry, folks. Sorry, 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 sorry. Question of sport. No, Dallas, never. Cagney and Lacey, are you joking me? The A-team. Oh, the Lord Almighty. It's Grandstand. Saturday afternoon on the BBC unmissable in its day. Yes, grandstand I was looking for. Jodie Clark, you're one of the smart ones. You win today. Well done to you. And well done. There was quite a number of people did pick it up as well. You'd hardly remember grandstand, Louise, no? No. Oh, it was... Oh, it was absolutely, Rugby, you know Rugby Union, Ireland are playing a rugby union, mm-hmm. but there's Rugby League. You know mm-hmm. the other one? There's Rugby League. One you don't like. And there's Rugby League's okay, you know what I mean? It's grand and, and there's a huge following for it in parts of England and Australia and New Zealand. Eddie Waring. Oh, Eddie Waring was the commentator. He was such a distinctive voice on Grandstand on the Saturday afternoon. But they had racing and uh, football focus and all that type of stuff on it as well. It's no more, of course, but it ran for years and years. Thanks to everybody. Anyway, Jody, we'll pop the wee gift in the post to you today. Um, Louise, what about Florida banning under-16s from social media? It's gone to the governor now. Oh, I didn't hear that. They're going to ban under 16. Dead right. No access to social media. None. Are Mm. you in favour of that? Yes. In favour. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, They don't know whether the governor, Ron DeSantis is the governor, he's going to sign it, by the way, now. But it's passed unanimously uh, in the representative house and everything. Very hard to 
enforce though. I That's don't know how. Yes, I don't know how they'll enforce it, but I think it is a good move because it is um, an epidemic, and, mm. and that's all I can say. It is an epidemic, but we'll see what happens in Florida, and we'll take it from there. Anyway, top of the show today, we spoke to the lovely Gillian and Eleanor Rogers about their late dad, Tony Rogers. Loads of wonderful messages in about him and they mentioned that he was a big Beatles fan didn't they yeah and he was a hard worker Very. yes eight days a week the man would work well Tony we remember you today and for Gillian and Eleanor and David and all the family here it is in his memory it is the Beatles The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, it's Billy Joel all this week and I've told you lots about him and on a personal level yesterday. Today, to finish off the week, ain't going to say much about the man just to uh, reflect that it's 17 years since he released a new song but by God has he made up for it recently. Yes, a guy called Freddie Wexler approached him with a concept for a song and uh, Joel was sceptical of it. Met him in a restaurant in New York and Freddie himself will tell you he thought the uh, chat was over in 10 minutes as he ordered a takeaway and was about to leave. But as they got talking more, I think there were nearly three hours in the place and he bought in Billy Joel and along with Arthur Bacon, Wayne Hector, Wexler himself and Joel they come up with this one. It's flying high in the charts. It's simply brilliant. It's Billy Joel of yesteryear today. Yes, here he is with his latest Turn the Lights Back On. Please open the door. Nothing is different. We've been here before. Pacing these halls. Trying to talk over the silence. And pride sticks out his tongue Laughs at the portrait that we become Stuck in a frame, unable to change I was wrong I'm late, but I'm here right now Though I used to be romantic I forgot Somehow time can make you blind But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness Did I wait too long To turn the lights back on Billy Joel and his brand new song Turn the Lights Back On oh he's back to his best there I hope to see him before the end of the year I'm working on that one anyway we'll have a new uh, artist or artists for you next week on Late Lunch round about this time each afternoon final break of the day of the week what a busy weekend in sport lies ahead he's raring to go he's talking to us next our man David Sheehan 
in 11 minutes can we do it yes we can David Sheehan <laughs> a lot of sport this weekend <laughs> welcome back there's an awful lot an awful lot there's an awful we'll lot yeah well look at, let's let's get cracking straight away with the League of Ireland tonight uh, both Drogheda and Dundalk at home just a footnote on Drogheda uh, the Travella group who purchased the club I believe are today the official owners of the club it's taken all this time to work through everything but today they have taken full control of the club so that's just a, a little aside to draw it tonight at home to Waterford and they, they played well you were in Derry last week but came away with nothing draw it yeah, they, they played pretty well and considering they had five new players in the team and a new formation as well. Kevin Doherty went with a back three with wing back. So, you know, the new players that come in, Jack Keeney, we'd expect to do well, as we said. He's been around the league a while. Hayden Kahn did quite well. Gallagher midfield went off with an injury. So I'll be interested to see if he plays tonight. But they did all they did all quite they, they all did quite well. Piero came off at half time because I think Kevin Doherty was worried he was going to pick up a second yellow card. But again, he'll adjust and he'll be okay, I would say. So yeah, I think they'd be they'd be pretty happy with the performance last week in general. Missed the penalty as well. So they'll possibly feel like they should have come away with that game from that game with something. But uh, I think on on the whole, Kevin was pretty happy with the performance. But first home game of the season tonight against a promoted Waterford who took a point off or took got a point against Shelburne last week. Um, it won't be easy for them, but I I think the place will be rocking, and I I would. I would hope and expect that that they'll put in a good performance and get the win. But it won't again. It won't be easy. It looks like it's going to be a really tight uh, division in the bottom half this year as well. So yeah, let's hope the Drottingham get the win. I think they'll just about sneak it. Dundalk picked up a fine point against Shamrock Rovers away. They have Galway, the other promoted side, as visitor tonight. They lost at home to Pats last week. This is one Dundalk will be looking to take the three points from. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the performance last week against Rovers, I mean, I, you know yourself, I, I predicted that Rovers would win that game, considering Dundalk had a load of new players all thrown together. But from Shatton to Adrian Taff, who was obviously there for us, they put in a really good performance. Um, obviously, Jamie Gullen got a cracking free kick. He looks like a useful addition. So I think Dundalk will be very encouraged. Well, they're certainly very encouraged with that performance last week. But... It's all about bringing that form into this week and, and beating a, a Galway side who weren't great last week on a bit of a quagmire uh, down in Eamon DC Park. So at home against the promoted Galway side, you would like to think Dundalk would build on that performance from last week and get all three points against Galway tonight. LMFM.ie, David and Adrian bringing you the action live this evening. Now let's just quickly touch on uh, soccer in England. Uh, two Premier League games I want to talk about briefly. Well, the Gunners did their usual in Porto the other night. They let us all down with a bag after annihilating two also runs in the Premier League. The home to uh, Newcastle, Saturday evening, 8 o'clock kick-off. Will they win this one? Yeah, unusual to have an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night. There have been a few, but five wins in a row in the league for Arsenal since they beat, since they lost to Liverpool, I should say. Uh, Newcastle two wins in the last five, not in the greatest of form. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be tricky, and we we saw Newcastle last year coming to the Emirates and and doing everything they could to eat up the clock. But I think Arsenal will maybe have a point to prove. Arteta was furious after the game during the week, so I think they'll they'll bounce back with a win in that one. Uh, City are at Bournemouth Bournemouth had a great spell and a little bit indifferent the last number of games you'd have to say City are just walking uh, through all these games with wins they'll win at Bournemouth won't they? Yeah, and John, and John Stone's back as well, which is good news for Manchester City. Yeah, you look, you'd, you'd have to be, you'd have to be fancy in City to win that one with a little bit to spare um, against Bournemouth for sure. Now the Egg Cup final is on on Sunday. Liverpool take on Chelsea. Who's going to win the Egg Cup? Oh, I think well, all the all the odds would say a nil nil draw and a penalty shootout, but I think Liverpool should should win that one. You know, on the on the run of form that they're on, um, you know, Chelsea up and down, they're getting a little bit better recently, but I wouldn't rule them out. But certainly on the you know law of averages, you'd have to expect Liverpool to win that game. 
Okay, Liverpool to win uh, the first silverware of the season in England. Let's talk about rugby union for a moment. And uh, this is a a big weekend for all of the nations. We're at home to Wales on Saturday. Looks like, you know, we're going to win this, doesn't it? We're we're red hot favourites. Yeah, the red-hot favourites. What I found really interesting is people might have seen this. Warren Gatland is, is writing a column for The Telegraph and he called out Kieran Frawley and James Lowe in particular. He, he called out Kieran Frawley as how he, he normally plays at 10 or 12 for Leinster, but the couple of games he's played at fullback for them, they've lost. And he also said that James Lowe, in spite of having a lot of attributes, isn't very good under a high ball. So it's really unusual to have a current coach writing a column on a weekly basis. So he definitely uh, set the cat amongst the pigeons there as he likes to do, Warren Gatland. But Look, at Ireland should be winning that game. They're at home. Um, Hugo Keenan like, will be a huge loss. I think next to Johnny Sexton, Hugo Keenan has been one of Ireland's most important players down through the last few years. So he'll be a miss. Frawley at fullback, it will be interesting to see. He can expect to face a few up and unders early on. But Ireland should have enough to win that one. I think it'll be closer than maybe some expect. Wales will come uh, and they'll give it a right rattle. And it seems like they're playing a different sort of rugby now. Gatland has maybe given them a little bit more um, freedom to express themselves. So I think Ireland will win it. But I, I think it might be tighter than people think. Scotland, England, who'll win that one? Scotland. Oh, that's what we're all hoping for, aren't we? On the Irish side. And France, no better game to get you uh, back on track and uh, lick your wounds than Italy at home. Yeah, they just about got across the line, as we know, the last day against Scotland. Wasn't an impressive performance at all. They were really poor against Ireland. So they'll need to put in a performance here against Italy. Obviously, they'll win it. But, um, you know, again, what sort of margin will they put up? We'll be, we'll be uh, watching that one closely, but certainly they'll win that game. But they'll need to put in a much improved performance. That's what people will want to see from Galtier's team. Now, let's move to GAA. And on Sunday in Division 2 of the National Football League, Louth have Kevin as visitors to RD and Meath are home to Kildare. Meath uh, winning the derby match last week. Despite your prediction, Louise wants you to predict a, a Meath loss every game now because she <laughs> believes karma will ensure that they win. Anyway, Louth, Kevin, Louth must win this game. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's that Division 2, it's always such a dogfight and such a slog. And I mean, Loud have actually had a, had a good league campaign so far, but they've only got one win to show for, for, their, for their efforts, you know. Narrowly beaten by Armagh, put in a really good performance against Cork. Last week, just went out of it in the second half completely. I saw, like I was doing the, the ladies game, but I was keeping an eye on the score. Four points behind me, they thought oh, they're going to be in trouble here. Next thing, they got 1-6 without reply. We're still hanging on a bit at the end, mind you, but Loud... You know, they just had that second period, second half spell where they went more or less the whole of the second half without scoring until injury time. So, Ger Brennan, I think, will have will have drilled into that during the week and focused on it. And they're back, they're back in RD. They love playing in RD. Cavan always oh, a really sticky opponent as well. They had a great win against Cork away last week, even though Cork are going badly. But I am going to give Loud the tentative nod here. I think it's going to be really, really tight again. But I think Loud will just about have enough to get over the line. I think London had beat Kildare at this stage, would they? Well, I mean, this game, I mean, you probably saw the extraordinary um, back and forth between Glenn Ryan and, and a couple of local journalists last week after they were beaten by Armagh. Um, but, you know, Mead, you know, they went five points up in injury time last week and they were still clinging on at the end. So that that will show you how maybe fragile their confidence is and, and maybe how they don't, they haven't yet learned how to control a game and close a game out. So I think I think this game on Sunday against Kildare will be, will be fairly frantic. Kildare need, need a win massively and, and Glenn Ryan's under huge pressure. They need a performance first and foremost. They need a win secondly as well. But I mean, you'd, you'd fancy me to, to get the win in that one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kildare pull a rabbit out of the hat and get a win there. But I'm really hoping, you know, Mead would have targeted those two back-to-back home games against Loud and against Kildare to, to put themselves safe for a start. So I'm really hoping that Mead will build on that performance against 
uh, loud last week where in the second half they just kind of put their shoulder to the wheel and put in a really good performance and got the win. I'm hoping they can build on that again and, and get the win against Kildare. I think they'll they'll do it by a couple of points. There's hurling this weekend, both local counties involved. In a word, uh, Meather at Kerry, Lowther at home to Sligo, Division 2A, Division 3A respectively. Yeah, Mead, um one win, one defeat, and then Kerry have lost both of their games against Carlo and Down. But it's it's a long old spin down there, and they don't have a great record away to Kerry. But uh, I think maybe Kerry just to sneak that one. Loud and Kildare, or sorry, Loud and Sligo on a line through Cavan. Uh, Sligo beat Cavan, who who beat Loud. So on a very simple line through that, I, I'm going to say Sligo just to nick it. But again, you know, it's it's a difficult one to call. It is, and both those games are on Sunday at one o'clock throw-in times uh, in uh, Kerry and the other one loud at home in Dowdles Hill. And just a word for the uh, Camogie girls in Meath. Mm. They have a Division 2 game, a derby at home to Westmead, two o'clock Saturday in Trim. Yeah, both sides won last week. Mead beat Cavan comfortably and Westmead beat Offaly. They know each other very well. They met last year in the Championship twice. Mead lost to them in the group to Westmead, but then beat them in the All-Ireland semi-final before obviously losing to, to Derry in the final. So, it looks like it'll be a tight one again, but me and home ground, maybe just to, to, to get the nod there. Well, David, we did it with a, a half a minute to spare. Thank you so much indeed. David in Weavers Park tonight, Drogheda against Waterford, Oriel Park, Adrian Taft, on Doc Galway, lmfm.ie. Until next week, David, thanks a million. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. That's our David Sheehan there looking ahead to a busy weekend in sport. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us for wonderful music and more. Big thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us every day, to our guests through the week, and to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do her there. Thanks a million, Louise. We're off for the weekend. Back, please, God, Monday from 1.30. We'll see you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.